Well, good afternoon, everybody. Merry Christmas to you all. So good to be here with you and to worship with you. Now, something we say around here at Calvary is we don't believe it's any accident that you're here today. We believe God has brought you here for a reason. And you might be thinking, no, actually, I'm just here because somebody promised me dinner or an extra gift or something like that. But we've been praying for you, and we believe with all our hearts that God brought you here for a reason. And he's got something he wants to speak into your life. He's got something he wants you to take away, some more hope, some more peace, more grace into your life. And so we're just excited that you're with us. Now, have you ever noticed that people can get awfully opinionated about Christmas? Like, people make statements like, it's not Christmas unless this happens, or I have this food, or there's this music, or this soundtrack, or I get to go to this place, and it happens in this order. You know, we often have some pretty big opinions about Christmas and what it should be like. So I thought, you know, for a little bit of audience participation, I would throw a few things out there and see who resonates with these statements. So if you agree, I'll just ask you to pop your hand up in the air. And so the first statement, raise your hand, if you still have Christmas shopping left to do. Come on, be honest, I see a few. All right, feel free to pop onto Amazon on your phone if you need to in the next 20 minutes, no judgment. Okay, how about this? If you, as you're unwrapping gifts, like to save the wrapping paper, put your hand in the air. All right, there's some very frugal people here, that's all good. How about this? If you believe artificial Christmas trees are an abomination. Raise your hand. <laughs> Woo, I'm with you. <laughs> How about this? Raise your hand if you are stressed out right now because you have something cooking at home and you hope your house is not on fire or the food is not on fire. Anybody? <laughs> okay, final one. Raise your hand if you really, truly love fruitcake. Anybody? There's some over here, Greg, I think right, right back there. We have brought a fruitcake for you, sir. <laughs> Feel free to share it with your row or keep it for yourself. We won't, we won't judge either way. Well, again, there's so many things that can be a part of our Christmas celebration, but there are also things that can become distractions and things that can keep us from truly focusing on what Christmas is really all about. Now, my favorite Christmas movie of all time is the Charlie Brown Christmas special from years ago. And you might remember how this all goes down. They're, they're living out their lives and Charlie Brown is getting more and more frustrated because Christmas has become so commercial and Christmas has become so crazy. And finally, he cries out. He says, doesn't anyone know what Christmas is all about? And it's at that moment that Linus comes up on stage, and there's one single spotlight on him, and he reads the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2, which we just heard read. But specifically, Linus reads the part of the story when the angels appear to the shepherds. And I think in just that short passage, we learn what Christmas is really all about. You see, the first thing that Christmas is about is it's about celebrating. 
I think everybody's with me. Many of you are off to celebrate tonight or celebrate tomorrow or celebrate many other days. Christmas is about celebrating. But what the angels say in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, they say, I bring you good news of great joy, which is for all the people. And what I want you to notice there is one key word. It says, I bring you good news. You see, this isn't just generic good news. This is good news for you personally. This is good news for every single person who's here today. Now, it's not just good news. It's actually described as something that should bring us great joy. It's so impactful. It makes such a difference. And it's not just for us by ourselves, not just those of us seated here, It's good news for all of the world. Christmas is about celebrating. It's celebrating that our God who created everything, everything in this world, everything in the universe, has come to be with us. It's good news that God loves us, that God is with us, and God is for us. Now think about how amazing that is. Again, this is God, the God of the universe, the God who's in control of everything. He holds the universe in the palm of his hand. It's good news that God loves you and that God is with you and that God is for you. God loves and cares about us enough that he sent his son Jesus into our world so that we could have a personal connection with him, so that we could have a relationship with him. He became one of us so that we could actually know what he's like, so that he could become relatable to us. You know, one of the names that Jesus is given is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. It makes me think of a story that was told by Soren Kierkegaard, who is a Danish theologian and philosopher. He talked about a prince who was living in a very wealthy kingdom in Europe many years ago. And this prince came to the time in his life when he was ready to get married. And so one day he was out running errands in a distant village. And he was in his carriage and he was looking out the window, just taking in the scenery. And suddenly he saw her. He saw the most beautiful maiden that he's ever seen in the very poorest section of this small village on the outskirts of his kingdom. Well, he went back to the castle and he started to plan, what, you know, how is he going to win her hand? How is he going to make her his wife? And so he started to think of his options. He thought, well, one thing he could do because of all of his power and status is he could just sign a proclamation that she had to come and be his wife. But then, of course, he started to think about the downside. Well, I mean, how would he ever know if she'd ever love him and You know, it's not good to force somebody into this. So he went on to the next plan. He thought, well, you know, I could put on my best uniform and I could put on all of my best jewelry and I could get into my most ornate carriage and have six white horses take me to her doorstep. I could go knock on her door and invite her to come back to the castle. But then he started to think, well, again, I won't really know if she actually loves me for who I am. I mean, maybe she'll just love my wealth or my riches or my power. So finally, he came up with plan C. And what he did is he set aside all of his riches, all of his status, all of his power, and he put on just the simple garb of a peasant. And he went and he moved into that village 
and he worked alongside all of the people, he built a relationship with this young woman until they finally fell in love. You see, in much the same way, God chose to come down into our world so that we could be in a relationship with him, so we could understand who he is and what he's like, and so we could understand the depth of his love for us. You see, we don't have a God who's distant and apathetic. We don't have a God who's sitting somewhere off in the clouds watching our lives like it's just a movie for his own entertainment. No, we have a personal and loving God who came into our world at Christmas. You see, his love for you is the same on your worst day as it is on your best day. His love for you is constant and it's unchanging and it's unconditional. And so Christmas is a time to celebrate, to celebrate that God loves you, that he's with you, and that he's for you. Well, secondly, the angels tell us that Christmas is about salvation. They say in verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. You know, when the angel showed up to talk to Joseph, and to tell him that his fiance was going to give birth to the savior of the world. You know, pretty crazy thing to hear, right? Well, the angel told Joseph when this child was born, they should name him Jesus because he'll save his people from their sins. In fact, the name Jesus means God saves. Without Jesus being born at Christmas, we would be caught in an endless cycle of sin and brokenness. You see, we are all born into the brokenness of sin and we can't do anything to free ourselves, no matter how hard we try. Now, the word sin simply means to miss the mark. It was an old archery term. If you took your bow and arrow out into a field and you aimed at a target and you would miss the target, it was called a sin. Now, if we're honest, I think we would all say every day, we miss the mark in different ways. We fail to live up to God's standards. Now, if you're not with me, just think about this. If you've ever told a lie, well, what does that make you? A liar. If you've ever cheated on anything, what does that make you? A cheater. If you've ever stolen anything, even the smallest thing, well, what does that make you? A thief. Now, Jesus actually ups the bar, and he says, if you've ever been angry with someone, it's really like you've murdered them in the spirit. And he says, if you've ever lusted after someone, it's like you've already committed adultery in your heart. You see, every one of us, every day, misses the mark. Every day, we cave into sin, and we don't live up to God's glory. But the good news, the apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5, is that God demonstrates his love for us in this, that he sent his son to die on the cross while we were still sinners. Before we could ever do anything to deserve it or earn it, God showed his love by sending Jesus into the world to grow up and then to die and rise again for you and for me. You see, Jesus coming at Christmas was on a lifelong mission to save us from our sins to bring us back into a right relationship with God. I mean, that's an incredible gift that we've all been given. And like any gift, we have a choice. 
Are we going to receive the gift or are we going to reject that gift? You know, I think probably most people here have some sort of tradition or ritual around opening gifts. You know, some of you, maybe you're heading home to have dinner, and then after dinner, you open up your presents. Maybe some of you wait until Christmas Day morning, or maybe it's a combo platter of both. Growing up, I remember back, my dad was a pastor of a large suburban church, so he had Christmas Eve services all day long, which meant there was a very small window in the evening when we could have dinner together as a family, and then we could open our presents. And as kids, it was agonizing to try to wait for that window to come. And I remember he would come home from an evening service and we would sit down to dinner together and it took way, way too long. And finally, we could go into the living room and sit around the Christmas tree and my siblings and I would be looking at our presents, but we always knew something came first. We had to read through the Christmas story from Luke chapter two, the same one that was read just a moment ago. But the thing was, that was especially hard for me, the youngest sibling was always the one who read it, and I'm the oldest. I have a brother who's eight years younger, and I remember him stumbling through the Luke 2 reading for years. It took forever. Like, just get through it. I mean, Caesar, Augustus, and Quirinius, and Judea, I mean, finally, we'd be able to open up our gifts. Now, when it was time to open up our gifts and we passed them out, we were never tempted to just admire the wrapping paper. You know, we never said, wow, this is just a beautiful bow. I'm just going to put it up on a shelf and admire it. Of course not. You rip into the gift to receive it, to open it up, and to make it yours. See, in the same way, God has given us a gift in Jesus, and we can choose to either receive it or to reject it. You see, God has given us the most amazing gift. And to receive it, we simply acknowledge that we are sinners in need of a Savior. To receive it, we simply acknowledge that we need him in our life. We need his forgiveness. We need his redemption. And then we can start to follow him day after day. Now, I also want you to remember that we aren't just saved from something. We're saved for something. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. God has given you gifts and talents to be used to make an impact in the world, to make a difference in other people's lives. Christmas is about salvation. Finally, number three, the angels tell us Christmas is about reconciliation. They say in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward all. Now, our world is full of conflict and division and fighting. Did you know in the last 5,600 years, there have been at least 15,000 wars that have been fought? We are surrounded by division, conflict, and fighting. And this world desperately needs reconciliation. Now, reconciliation simply means the restoration of peace. It's peace with God. It's peace between people. And it's peace in our own hearts. So the angels announced to the shepherds that the Prince of Peace was coming. And he would show us the way to live in peace. He would empower us to bring peace to others. 
But everywhere we look today, there seems to be conflict, isn't there? I mean, there's conflict in our homes. There's conflict in marriages. There's conflict in workplaces, in schools, in kids' sports leagues, even in churches. We desperately, desperately need God's peace. But the thing about peace and reconciliation is it has to start with ourselves first. You see, Jesus came to bring peace between us and God. Now, maybe you've never thought about it this way before, but when we disobey God, when we miss the mark, we are actually in conflict with God. And there's really not much we can do about it ourselves. It makes me think of a, a small boy who has really, really, really wanted a new bike for Christmas, but he had not been very good that year, and so he was very nervous about whether he was going to get this red bike that he really wanted. So he started to think about what he could do, and one day he was walking through the living room. There was nobody else around, and he saw his parents' nativity set up on the mantel. So he slowly walked over, and he grabbed the figurine of Mary, and he rushed up to his room, and he got out a t-shirt, and he wrapped it up, and he put it in a drawer. And then he got down on his knees, and he started to pray. He said, dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again... <laughs> you and I need peace with God, and there's nothing we can do on our own. But Jesus came to bring us peace with God. He came to build a bridge of reconciliation between us and God. The Bible says God was in Christ bringing peace into the world. This peace comes through surrendering to God. It comes through giving up control to him. It comes through acknowledging that we're not God, we need him. It means letting him be in control. Now, when you allow God to come and bring peace into your life, it really affects all of your daily life. We suddenly are able to live out that peace wherever we go. We become less worrying and we have less conflict with others and we have more patience and we have more love for others. You see, when we're forgiven and when we experience God's grace, it should make us more forgiving and more graceful towards others. Have you experienced God's peace through Jesus in your life? Well, the angels, they tell us what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about celebrating. Christmas is about salvation. And Christmas is about reconciliation. And isn't that exactly what we need? So my question for you this afternoon is have you opened up this gift, this Christmas gift that God has given to you? Have you received this gift into your life? I want to take a moment now to just invite you to pray with me. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But I want to give you the opportunity to receive this gift into your life. If you've never said yes to Jesus before, if you've never trusted your life to him, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Or if you at one point had given, trusted your life to Christ, but today you say, you know, he feels so distant. I feel so disconnected. I feel like I've wandered away. I want to give you the opportunity to recommit your life to him. 
So I'm gonna ask everyone to just bow your head with me. And I'm gonna pray a prayer. And if you wanna agree with this prayer, just pray it in your heart. Let's pray together. Jesus, I admit to you that I am a sinner in need of a savior. Jesus, I admit every day I miss the mark. And so I receive you into my life to bring me peace with God and peace with other people. Forgive me and give me a fresh start. Help me to live for you each day. Thank you for your amazing gift. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer tonight, you have a reason to celebrate because you're now part of the family of God. If you said yes to Jesus today, we'd like to invite you to just shoot us a text right now. You can just text the phrase, I believe, to 94090. And the reason we're inviting you to do that is we would love to send you some resources. We'd love to walk with you as you grow in your faith. But if you're not ready, if you still don't know what you believe, if you're still skeptical, that's okay too. Just know you are always, always welcome here. We'd love to walk with you as you explore your doubts and your questions. We wanna be a place where you can belong before you even believe. So please know you are always, always welcome. Well, as we close out our time together today, we're gonna do one of my favorite Christmas traditions, which is to sing Silent Night by Candlelight. So I'm gonna invite you to grab your candles right now. And I wanna give you just a few guardrails so we don't burn the place down. So number one, we'd really appreciate it if adults only would have lit candles. Number two, never tip a lit candle, all right? Because it just pours wax all over the place. So when you're lighting the candles, I always tip the unlit candle. And after the service is done, if you could please put your candle back on one of the tables on your way out, we would much appreciate it. So again, we are so grateful for you being here today. And I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. And we hope to see you again soon.